Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support the Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you lions. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Burnley, except no sandwich. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to um, the first of two special editions, in actual fact, that we're going to put out today, Friday the 22nd of October. Um, Today is actually... The day before uh, birthday, my birthday tomorrow, Friday, uh, Saturday, 23rd of October. Uh, I'll be 61, <laughs> 61. <laughs> um, blimey, really. Um, so yeah, it's my birthday tomorrow. So I thought I would put out an addition um, for a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, just on a very personal level, um, as, as, as you may know, um, I suffered a heart attack in, in June. Um, quite a major heart attack in truth, um, 100% blockage of my left arterial, um, arter- artery, well, LAD, I don't know, I can't remember what that stands for, anyway, it's a left-sided artery that feeds feeds my heart, which was 100% blocked, um, totally out of the blue, um, no pre-warning, uh, um, I've never been in hospital in my life, and I've to be honest, I've never been truly been been ill like most blokes, and I think we all um, listening to this show probably will fall into this trap a little bit. I bet you do, dear, dear listener. Um, I went through life really, not slightly thinking I was a bit immortal. You know, you can go out and do whatever you want, whenever you want, and with a bit of rest and recuperation, you'll be back in the game next night. You know, you know how it runs. You've you've heard that song before. Um, anyway, so yeah, I killed over in, in, in June. Um, it, it was touch and go in the moment. Um, I got very lucky. Um, my wife called the ambulance. They arrived very quickly. The paramedics were on site very quickly. And I was taken by chance, really, when you read of other stories that go on in our world right now. I, was, I, was, I was got lucky in being taken into Barts, which, lo and behold, turns out to be a world leader in, in heart surgery. Um, I had a what they call a stent fitted, um, which is a miraculous operation. Um, they 
basically enter your artery at your, your wrist and go up your arm with a wire of some sort I don't I, I wasn't really with it enough to to pay close attention I didn't know what was going on they must have given me some kind of um happy pills of some sort uh, so I was kind of awake and aware of what was going on but I didn't really care about it um they got your arm around your shoulder take a left turn into your heart and um where the the artery was narrowed they fit what's called a stent, which is a kind of, um, I think of it as like a, a thing that pushes the artery apart slightly so you get a bit more width and the blood can flow. And the moment of danger, I think, probably truly ended um, once that operation was finished because that's a very delicate operation and it's a curious uh, mixture of um, the everyday because it happens quite a lot, I understand, but it's also miraculous or scientifically miraculous. I don't believe in religious miracles, but I do believe that science can produce miracles. And that's what um, was performed on me. So basically since then I've been recovering. Anyway, that all of that um, leads me to this week where it, in, in, it's my birthday week, as I've said already. And I was actually signed off of the books of the local cardio team this week. Um, so, you know, they don't need to... Um, worry about me I'm still in touch obviously with a general um, practice locally the doctor um, I'm on all sorts of tablets and I think I'll be on tablets for um, the rest of my days but they're not apart from getting used to taking them which is um, actually been the hardest part of the whole thing in some ways this is the living your life around um, you know um, the, the going off of the, of the iPhone whenever the, the alarm goes for tablet time so um, so basically, yeah, um, I just wanted to say thank you to all of the listeners, people on, on the message boards and people privately have sent me um, get well messages. Um, it really made a big difference. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not one of life's um, soppy kind of people, if you like, but it, seemed, it surprised me how much difference it did make to know that people were thinking about you. So I just wanted to start off this special show um, with that. Because at one point on on that Saturday morning in in June, well, I might not have been having a 61st birthday, so um, I thought it might be worth recording. Again, I'm not really, I've never really been a birthday type of bloke, really, but um, I thought as as I've survived a near-death experience, it might be worth um, just looking back all those years, back to 1960, October the 23rd, when um, in Guy's Hospital, um, a baby was born, and that baby was me, um, son of Mari and, and Bert Hart, my parents, who were at that time living in Bermondsey. Um, I believe at, at this point, when I was born, we were living in um, Southwark Park Road, um, what is now Patch of Grass, right alongside the Stanley Arms. Um, I understand that we, we got a flat a few years after I was born. It was probably about two or three when we got a council place in Grange Walk. And part of the reason was that this um, private rented house, old Victorian place, um, began to uh, to fall down. Bits of it started to fall apart. And one of my uncles always took great pleasure in bringing that up when alcohol would pass lips at Christmas that place fell down I do remember it um, as a baby bits frame freeze frame moments going to an outside toilet um, yes an outside toilet kids and um, I remember looking out the window with my dad I don't know how old I would have been it's my first ever memory I could have only have been six months or so um, and him talking about a kid well I don't know why the word kid 
stuck in my head all these years. I still can remember it now as I speak. Strange are the images that you um, that you, you think of, um, especially after a, a year where, like many others in our lives, you know, we've all been suffering with COVID and, and other stuff, regular kind of um, conditions. So you kind of think back. But I do remember sitting on my dad's knee, um, looking out the window, looking at what was then a shop. Um, I think it was a grocery shop, a lady called Mary. I remember Mary's name. And it's now a minicab office on Southwark Park Road, right opposite the Stanley. Um, anyway, I'm digressing. So yeah, I was born on the 23rd. So it might be interesting just to look back to see um, what were Millwall doing. I, I was, um, you know, just being born. I didn't know what Millwall was or had no, uh, you know, pre-knowledge that uh, come to be an important part of my life. But um, on this particular day, this would have been a Sunday or to um yeah sunday it would have it would have been a sunday the game would have been played on the saturday it was uh, wrexham Millwall away at wrexham winning the game one nil thanks to a um second half goal by by burridge um and i do have a match report from wrexham nil mill one played on the 22nd of october day before i was born uh 1960 and the headline from the um, this would be from the people um, only a paragraph. We didn't get much. We're Division Four in those days, listeners. So you know, you really don't get much attention in Division Four, do you? Um, Mill defence is solid is the big headline, and then just one paragraph. Wrexham nil, Mill one. Um, stop saying Mill's defence is feeble. It says, stop saying Mill's defence is feeble. Wrexham's eager youngsters, nine goals in their three previous games, couldn't find a weak spot in this clever Millwall barrier. Alan Anderson, too canny to be outwitted, was in complete command at centre-half. The half-backs, Dennis Jackson and Paddy Brady, disheartened the Wrexham wingers, but oh, those Millwall forwards, and that isn't intended as a compliment, they floundered until Burridge headed in. And from what I've read, that was in the halfway through the second half, Burridge put us one up at Wrexham in front of 9,000. And um, we won the day. So the day before I was born was a Millwall win, albeit in Division 4, but they all count. We would actually go on to finish sixth in the table in the 1960-61 season. Uh, well, just a few points off of the top four promotion slots, as they used to have it in those far-off days. So there we are, win for the Lions. Not it would have made much difference for me at the point of being born. Um, my mum, actually, she entered me... This is a total tangent. I remember she entered me in um, the South London Press's... I think she called it a Bonnie Baby contest. I've got some photos. I might stick it out with 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 this, um, just as a one-off. Um, I've got some like, professionally. I think they sent the press photographer around to take some photos of me with her um, as kids. It's one of my favourite photos, actually. Um, it, you know, baby in, in mum's arms shot. And I think I won it. I think I, I think she said I won it. Um, I don't know what the prize was. It wouldn't make much difference to me at that age. But yeah, so um, South London Press's Bonnie Baby for 1960. How about that? You didn't know you were talking to a celebrity, dear listeners, did you? Um, so yeah, there we are. The Mill team for the game at Wrexham. Let me find that team for you whilst I before I waffle any further about the South London Press's baby photo competitions. Um, yeah, so here we are, 22nd of October 1960, Wrexham away, 1-0 win. Um, in goal, uh, Walters, uh, not a name, so I've picked him out as one of my players to have a look at, Walters. 
Um, and then we have Jackson, Pat Brady, uh, Bumstead, Dave Bumstead, Anderson, Howells, Broadfoot, Jones, Ackerman, Burridge and Hinshelwood in the Millwall team that particular day. Now, thanks to a fantastic book that um, our co-presenter for the History Show, Neil Fisler, is bringing out, I've got some details on some of the more obscure names, ones that I haven't, one that I haven't heard of before, one or two I had. But I've dug out some names and details of players. Now, Neil's book is called The Who's Who of Mill History. It's a, a wonderful production. There's going to be another show, which I'm going to put out at the same time as this Happy Birthday to Me show. Um, I recommend it to anyone who's interested in Mill Football Club. It's a book listing an A to Z list of every single Mill player. And it really is, you know, as near as damn it, every single mill player in those 130-odd years, however long it is, since 1885. Um, it's a wonderful production. It, Neil's going to be putting it out from November the 13th. Um, it'll be on the victorpublishing.co.uk website. I've been privy to a PDF copy of it to do the show with him and the other show. And I've nicked a couple of players because it's going to be a wonderful... Um, prep for any 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 kind of prospective podcaster out there that wants to um sound like they know their stuff then you're going to need this book it's, 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 I, I wasn't blowing smoke up his backside when i said to him in the show in the interview that i did with neil i'll put it on a par with lines of the south in terms of being almost a definitive reference work for any millwall fan interested in the history of our club um so yeah neil fissler uh, dave sullivan the Mill Who's Who, and it's going to be on victorpublishing.co.uk. I think he said it comes out on November the 13th. So anyway, um, back to this particular fixture, Wrexham Nil, Millwall 1. Um, I picked out some names, and I hadn't heard of this name, um, William Anthony Waters in goal, uh, goalkeeper, 1960-61. He played just six games for us. The regular keeper at that point was Reg Davis, who was far more fa- famous, and uh, Reg the Cat Davis, as he as he was known. Um, but I was interested, because I, I, I kind of love the obscure backwaters of, of, of uh, history generally, but also Mill history in particular. And Neil's book, Neil and Dave's book, is fantastic for finding players like Bill Waters, who I hadn't heard of before. Um as I say, 1966, just six appearances in a Millwall shirt. Uh, he was born in Swansea in September 1931. His career had taken in a few clubs, Blackpool in the 1950s, South End, Swansea Town, as they were, Wrexham, Millwall in 19 July 1960, hence him taking the field in this particular win at, at, at his old club, Wrexham. Usually Town, Merver Tidfield, uh, Clanekley, Haverford West County, and then a couple of spells further at Clanekley uh, and Tom Pentry. Um, he made his Millwall debut versus Hartley Pools United, 15th of October 1960, in a 5-2 win. Um, so I'm just going to read the, the pen picture that um, the boys have put together for Bill Walters. Um, not the most well-known player ever, but I like the idea in these kinds of shows of just illustrating players that aren't necessarily the best known because I think there's as much value in the, the lesser lights as there is often in the big names. 
Um, so Bill failed to Bill Walters failed to make a football league appearance before joining Wrexham, but during his time at the racecourse ground, he would pick up two Welsh Cup winners' medals in 1957 and 58. He was signed by Millwall as an understudy to Reg Davis, much more famous goalkeeper, winning four of the five games that he played in. The only reverse came in the FA Cup when he was beaten four times in the first 20 minutes during a 6-2 hammering. Bill left after a season for Usually Town, later returning to Wales where he worked for the, the British Steel, um, the old Nationalised Steel Company. doesn't exist anymore, does it? Until he retired in June 1960 and managed the works team. No, not sorry, he retired in June 1990, excuse me, managing the British Steel works team in Wales. Bill Walters. Um, looks like he's still alive. Looks like he's still alive, so... Um, Thank you, Bill, for, you know, if you, if you do get to hear this, this this particular show. As I said, we will go on to finish sixth in Division 4 this season. These were tough times at the Den. The, the 50s were really defined by the impact of the war that had finished in 1945. We never really economically recovered um, at all, in, 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 in all honesty. It's, it's where we found our level as largely speaking a third division side and although we did fall into the newly created division four in the late 50s but it was um these were tough times and the 60s would get better and better as they went along but this was still very much still the shadow cast from the end of hostilities in 1945 now i've picked out a second name uh, david bumstead um I, i've heard the names i think it's an unusual name and it just stands out but he's another player from that, that team that won uh, at Wrexham the day before I was born. Um, so David John Bumstead, I've picked him out here. Midfielder, David Bumstead, 87 games and 8 goals, 1957 to 1962. Born in Wennington um, on the 6th of November 1935. He died in Kent on in August 2017. Um, his career took in... Um, Royal Air Force, he was in the National Service, as so many young men, including my dad, um, in National Service. Um, Ashford Town, Hitchin, Uxbridge, Tooting and Mitcham, Middlesex Wanderers, then Millwall. Um, he, after serve, uh, playing for the Lions, he went to Bristol Rovers. He was playing manager at Brentwood, uh, Wingate and then Chelmsford City. Um, an England amateur international, Dave Bumstead. Um, he... After his football career was over, he became a clerk at Ford's. This is These are the details that this book is so good at, and I love them. I love these details, because I think they resonate with your own life. I mean, Dave Bumstead could be, it would have been, the, um, you know, kind of the same age as my dad. And so you get these details of working class life in a very different time and place. And yet, I remember it, and it's a really weird thing to say. Um, to find yourself where your own life, I think I might have said this before, your own life starts to feel like history, you know. Um, so football then, very different. It was still a working class game. Players gave up the game and then went back to work at Fords, as, as Dave did. Um, he also worked for the, uh, the Port of London Authority. Um, he ran an off-licence, owned pubs and had some pro property interests. Um, his brother Bob also had a spell on, on Mills Books and Amateur. I'm reading all this from Neil's book, um, in case I sound like I am some kind of expert, this the credit for this goes to Neil Fissler and Dave Sullivan for these kinds of details. It's an immense work. I mean, years in the in the production. My last choice from Millwall, winning at Wrexham, was another name, Ackerman, Alfred 
Alf Ackerman, Alfred Arthur Eric Ackerman, um, South African, born in a place called Das Das Pork, uh, in 1929. Alf Ackerman was our centre forward, 1958 to 61. He played 81 games and scored 35 goals. That's not a bad return. He passed away in 1988 in Dunatar. I guess that's in South Africa. Um, his career took in Pretoria Municipals. He also played for Hull, Norwich, uh, Derby County, Carlisle, and Millwall. Um, after leaving the Lions, he would play as a, a player manager at Dartford, Gravesend, and Northfleet in 68-75. Uh, Alf made his debut for Millwall in a 3-1 win at Oldham on 31st of January 1959. He was known as Ak Ak, a reference there to um, anti-aircraft fire. Uh, South African Ak Ak won a third division North title with Derby County in 1956 before joining Mill three years later after Lions boss Jimmy Seed had made two unsuccessful bids. He scored seven goals in his first 14 games and was the leading scorer in 1960 with 18 goals but was released in 61. Um, he then became player manager at Dartford and Gravesend and Northfleet. He ran a newsagent and tobacconist shop in Kent. And then he returned home to South Africa, where he passed away, aged 59, in 1988. Different world. There's a picture of him there. And as, as all all players of that era seem to be looked like, I don't know if they aged you. I think it might have done the, the hard hard life, the tougher living conditions of the time, just made everyone look like they were 10 years older than they possibly were. Wearing the classic royal blue and v-neck, white, white v-neck shirt of the time. Great, great shirt. Um, so yeah, there we are. Big thank you to Neil A for allowing me to refer to his book. Um, it's it's printed and produced on the thirteenth of November. Uh, includes an absolute mine of information. So you're going to expect to hear a lot more from me with these kinds of details in future, dear listeners. Um, so yeah, who's who? That's out on on VictorPublishing.co.uk. Now, just out of interest, because it's my birthday, so this is a special show, and I'm going to do it for me i thought i'd have a look and see what else was in the news i don't know if you ever do stuff like this dear listeners um one thing i love to do is to look at old newspapers um there's always a mine of um wonderful trivia and detail in them and uh, another strange thing and i've got three very different front pages from the sunday papers on the 23rd of october whilst baby nick was being born in guys um, but somehow the past, what's that, what's that saying about the, the, the past is not, isn't, isn't past, it's, hasn't, it hasn't even gone away? I can't remember I read that. I think it was, uh, um, I think it was a book about Ned Kelly. So I think that's where I read it. Um, so the past hasn't passed, it's never really gone away. And here we see um, three different front pages and one back page, just out of interest. This is off topic now, going off football. But the Sunday pictorial, which was the Daily Mirror, Sunday Mirror, 23rd of October 1960, is for the, the newspaper of the young at heart. And it cost 4D, four pennies, four old pennies. Um, we're the young at heart listeners, you and me, aren't we? Um, so anyway, the Sunday papers back then were always full of salacious um, titillation for their readership in, you know, in quite um, austere times still at the end of the 50s, early 60s in Britain. And you need a bit of excitement for crying out loud. So um, the Sunday papers here have teenage girls rioting in jail. Now, if that's not a, 
um, you know, there's the opening plot line for a film designed to, you know, raise a temperature of, uh, of the reading vicars and, um, you know, ex-majors of Britain, I don't know what it is, rioting teenage girls at Holloway Women's Jail barricaded themselves in the recreation room and defied prison officers to come and get them out. Furniture smashed in recreation room siege, it says, and there's a picture, a grim-looking picture of the front gates of Holloway, which is now a redevelopment site. Um, I think it's uh, Peabody uh, redeveloping Holloway Jail. Screaming and swearing, the frenzied girls jammed heavy furniture against the doors, smashing and ripping everything they could lay their hands on. Uh, defying all appeals to calm down and come out. Oh dear, oh dear. It's um, what a story. Um, I like that story. <laughs> so I've chosen that as one of my three um, Sunday front pages. Um, that's half and half with Lady Chatterley's Lover, D. H. Lawrence's rip roaring um, book of abandon. Um, it's an exclusive announcement concerning this book will appear in the Sunday pictorial next week. So you've got to wait a week to find out what the exclusive now. There's a picture of D.H. Lawrence, I've never actually seen him bearded, guy looks a bit like a hipster. Um, D.H. Lawrence. So there we are on the back page. There's a great story. Um, Nell is unlucky in love. Nell McGrail is a widow who won £200,000 on the pools three years ago. And she flew herself with factory worker Albert Cooper. There's a great picture of Nell and Albert. Looks like in some working man's club. Nell's got like a discreet sherry glass. The kind of thing that Annie Walker might have, um, you know, nipped a little sherry with in, in the Rover's return. And there's there's Alf, who's a bit of a chap. Um, he's still married, Alf. This is the, the crux of the story. Nell's won the pools. And she's um, taken up with a fancy man, Albert Cooper. And there he is sat next to him on the kind of um, working men's um, bench seats, fag in hand, of course, this is 1960. And um, anyway, she, she wants to get married to him. She's flown him from up north, I guess, down to London to go to the motor show. And as the report has it, she could buy her any any car that she wants. Nell, she's got 200 grand in the in the bank. But all she wants is to marry Albert, but there are grave problems, it says. Albert's first wife died when her child was born. Um, and he gave his newly born daughter into the kind attention of the woman who is now claiming to be his wife. He's a bit of a chap, Albert, isn't he? Um, so he's given the daughter away. And this woman is refusing to divorce him. Um, she's saying... Um, this is from Wivenshaw in Manchester. My answer to my husband's request for a divorce is no. This is the wife. Um, I would lose my £5 a week maintenance money and I've got a stepdaughter, Pauline, to consider, she says. So, chap or rotter. I think he's a bit of a rotter, Albert. And he's carting around um, Nelly with 200 grand in the bank. And no wonder he's got a soppy smile on his face sitting there. Um, there we are. So, that's that's the... That's the Sunday Pictorial, as it was called, not the Daily Mirror, Sunday Mirror of 23rd. And finally, so we have to bring this to um, to a conclusion. And finally, yeah, I'm going to bring it to a conclusion with the people, um, Sunday people. And this is probably quite an appropriate um, story for the birth of the young Nicholas Hart in Guy's Hospital, um, 23rd of October. I think I was born about early morning I think mum always said about four o'clock something like that um anyway it's an appropriate story for me 
um, English bride of African prince in love drama. Couple flee palace. This is the Nigerian palace for a secret tryst. The beautiful 19-year-old English bride of an African prince announced triumphantly tonight that she had won the dramatic battle to recapture his love. He still loves me. We made it up, um, she told me, half laughing, half crying in her happiness. This is the red-haired princess Carol Kymers, former Bournemouth art student, um, who's married um, one King Freddy the Kabaka of Buganda, um, Uganda, it's not, not Nigeria, it's, I might, apologies to any Nigerian listeners, I might be doing you a disservice, this is, report is filed from Kampala in Uganda, and there indeed is Carol, Princess Caroline um, lovingly hugging her man, Prince Freddy, um, wonderful story, I like this I like this stuff, um, it's going to get all the, the kind of, um, the pulses racing, across England um, as they read that there we are happy birthday to me um, just before we close dear listeners um, I hope you enjoyed this little per- it's a personal indulgence to be to be honest this show um, but I want to just publicize a, um, a, a a Twitter friend of mine um, and I'll meet him actually uh, it's a walking tour of the Isle of Dogs Rob of the cabbie is doing his walking tour of the Isle of Dogs on November the 13th. That's an international break weekend, so you can give up your Saturday, leave aside the pulsating excitement of, uh, of Zampa Road for one week, and come on a walking tour of all of the old grounds for Mill Rovers, Mill Athletic, from uh, Glengall Road all the way around the Athletic Ground and North Greenwich and the back of the, of the Lord Nelson. I'm going to be there with Rob. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Um, I, he did invite me on the previous walking tour that he did uh, earlier on in the summer, and I wasn't able to make that. But now that I've been signed off on the from the attentions of the local cardio team, I can walk for miles and miles and miles. So I'm going to be there. Um, November the 13th, 2021. There's a link on Twitter. I will repost it a few times. Um, be great to see as many as possible on Rob's walking tour. Apparently they're very good, and I'm looking forward to being um, a member of the audience as we walk around all these these um, fantastic historic locations on in our um, you know at, at our home on the Isle of Dogs. Do keep an eye out also for Neil Fissler's Who's Who Into. You'll see another show going out at the same time as this, um, and there will be links as to where to buy it from the victorpublishing.co.website come November when it's printed, November the 13th. Um, so thank you for listening to this. Thank you for indulging me. It's a slight um, bit of a sprawl of a show in some ways, but um, hey, it's my birthday, so you know, I shall do that. Um, I'll be back on Sunday uh, in the aftermath of the Stoke game. Got a couple of ideas for some shows next week as well. So until Sunday, dear listeners... Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent me good wishes for over the summertime during my health scare. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to be out in the woods. I mean, obviously, I can't. I've got to make some lifestyle adjustments, but it's nice to be out in the woods now. And um, I'll be back on Sunday after the Stoke game. So until then, <clears throat> it's Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.